we find towards the beginning of the parsha that there are three malachim that come to visit Avram Avinu to tell him certain important news that he needs to know and then they proceed from there to do one of the three malachim's shlichos which is to destroy Sadaim. and Avram Avinu was unaware of the fact that Sadaim was about to be destroyed and he's escorting the malachim out of his home and it says like this sorry the people got up and they started setting their eyes on Sadaim heading towards Sadaim to destroy it and Avram went with them to escort them to send them on their way and suddenly we find Pasuk says and Hashem says should I cover up from Avram Avinu what I'm about to do is it appropriate for me to keep a secret from Avram Avinu about the destruction of Sadaim? It's not right. I told him about everything else, but I didn't tell him about Sadaim. And he should really be made aware of this. It's not right that I should cover up from him. And then the Pasuk says something interesting. The next Pasuk. The Avram Haya Yi this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu continuing his thought. And Avram Avinu will be a guy God of Atzim, a great nation, powerful. And all of the nations of the world will be blessed through him. And then the Pasuk says, Because I love him. Because he's Mechanech, his house, like we spoke about last week. And he makes sure that his family should keep the Derech Hashem to do tzedakah umishpat. To do tzedakah, to do righteousness, and to do mishpat, to do justice. And then Avram Avinu gets this heads up from the Rabbi Shalom about Tzedayim and the conversation the negotiations between Avram Avinu and the Rabbi Shalom that saving Sadaim and Su. But the question is, in, this, in the middle of this parsha, all of a sudden there is a pasuk that seems out of place. The Rabbi Shalom understandably says that it's not right that I should not notify Avram Avinu about my plans to destroy Sadaim. You don't just do something without telling Avram Avinu about it. Fine, that's a good pasuk. And then the Pesukim afterwards, when he starts telling Avram Avinu about Sadaim, also understandable. But in the middle of these Pesukim, all of a sudden, there are these Shvachis that are heaped upon Avram Avinu. It seems to be completely out of the blue. It's very nice. It's beautiful. The Pesukim, the content of the Pesukim are beautiful, and they're brachas. But it seems so out of place, that in the middle of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Destruction of Sadaim. All of a sudden he starts praising Avram Avino to the roof and saying how he's going to be a guy Gabal 
I love him, and he's great, and he's awesome, and his nation is going to be amazing. Beautiful. But why Dafka here? Why pumped in the middle of the parsha of Mapecha Sedaim? Why all of a sudden is, are we describing the greatness of Avram Avinu? And the blessings on which Avram Avinu is given from the Rabbeinu Shalom. Rashi, Afanar, Rashi right away says, very simple pshat, the Avram Hayyiyah, all of these shvaches that are given to Avram Avinu is because of a pasuk that says, Zecher, Tzadik Levracha, Hayyav is Kiro Barchu. Once Avram Avinu was mentioned by the Rabbeinu Shalom, Hamachasa Anime Avram, should I hide something from Avram? Once Avram Avinu's name was mentioned, as soon as you mention a tzaddik, you have to right away be mevarachim. You have to bless him, and we're very aware of that. Baruch Hashem, you know, we as soon as whenever you say the name of an Adam Gadol who is alive, we say Shlita, which is a bracha. Shlita is a bracha. Sheyichya or Sheyizke Lirais Yamim Tayim Maruchem. He should be zaycha. You speak about an Adam Gadol. You say that he should be zaycha to Avarichas Yom. That's a bracha. Once you mention a tzaddik, the pasuk says zeicher tzaddik lebracha. You mention a tzaddik's name. You shouldn't just let it pass. Don't let an opportunity pass to give a tzaddik a bracha. If a bracha, if a tzaddik's name is mentioned, right away give him a bracha. When a tzaddik is nifter, we say zechreinay lebracha, zeicher tzaddik lebracha. And we give titles to Rabbanim and Tzadikim and Gainim, all because when we mention a Tzadik's name, it's Levracha, we're supposed to praise him. And that's how Rashi interprets Al-Piyamedrash, the reason why this anomaly in the middle of these Tzukim about the destruction of Sadaim, all of a sudden there are Tzukim describing how great Avram Avinu is, straight from the mouth of the Rabbi Hashem. The Rabbi Hashem says, HaMechasanim Avram, you have to give Avram a bracha. You mention his name, you have to mention. However, there's another beautiful pshat that's brought in the name of the Zayar. The Zayar HaKadosh says a different mahalach altogether. And he says that this incident is taking place in the middle of a great act of din. What's going on over here? The Rabbi Shalom is about to take out an entire city. Who knows how many thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people lived in Sudaim. A big city, a major metropolis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was on the verge of annihilating the entire town, the entire region. So he was in din mode. The Rabbi Shalom was on a destructive warpath against Sudaim. And in the middle of this destruction, he has the ability to give a bracha to Avram Avinu. This is the Lashon of the Zayar. My time of bracha, dahacha, why is the bracha, dafka over here? El begin laida, in order to let us know a very big yisayid. Da'afilo b'shaita d'kuchabaricho yasevedin al-alma. Even during a time that the Rabbi Shalom is in din, the Rabbi Shalom is sitting in judgment of the world. Lo does not change. Da Yosef Bedina Alda, 
We see a remarkable phenomenon in the Rabbeinu Shalom's uniqueness, in his omnipotence, in his ability to be almighty and all-powerful and all-capable. He is unique in the sense that he's able to be din. The Rabbeinu Shalom is the etzem din. And the Rabbeinu Shalom, when he's going to destroy Saddam, he was doing it. Obviously, this is great destruction. He must be in a din mode, mishpat. But yet at the same time, he's able to give a bracha, to give a bracha to Avraham Avinu, to speak about how much he loves him, how great he is, how fond he is of Avraham Avinu. How is Rabbanishlam able to have this duality? How is he able to, if you'll pardon the expression, multitask? How is he able to do two things at once, two opposite emotions, two opposite approaches to the world? one of Rachamim and one of Din at the same time. That shows the godless of the Rabbi Shalom. This is a special attribute of the Rabbi Shalom that he's able to have Rachamim and Din at the same time that he's about to destroy Sadaim. Avram Avino is Kishmak, he's Gavaldic, I love him, he's amazing. What do you mean? How, how could you speak like that about somebody when you're about to destroy Sadaim? The Territ says, Avram Avino. The Rabbeinu Shalom, rather, has this unique ability, says the Zayar, to do two things at once. To be Eichez in Din, and at the same time in Rachabim. It's something that's so unique to the Rabbeinu Shalom. The Emes is that we find a very similar Yisai to this Zayar in a Rashi in Parashat B'Shalach. In Parashat B'Shalach, in the in the um, Shira Sayyam, in Az Yashir, it says, Hashem Ish Melchama, Hashem Shemai, the Rabbeinu Shalom is a man of war, Kaviyachel. Hashem Shemai and Hashem is his name. What does this mean? So Rashi says, Af Bishah, Shu Nilcham and Naikem even during the time. That Rishbach who is Isaac in Melchama, when he's in Ish Melchama, and he's busy fighting and battling and, and taking out the enemy, he is unique in his ability to be he still holds on to the Midais of Rachamim. The Rabbanishalim is still the Rabbanishalim. Hashem Ish Melchama, but yet, even at that moment when he's in Ishmochama, he doesn't lose sight of his responsibilities to the world, to feed the world, to take care of the world, to clothe the world, to shelter the world. All of these things are still being done at the same time. Hashem Shemai, Hashem is Hashem Rachamim. Hashem is his name even when he's in Ishmochama. And Rashi says that this is something unique. For like Kamidas Malchay Adama, not like the kings of the world, that Kishu Isaac the Mohammed when a king is busy with his battle. If you have Napoleon Bonaparte and he's going and doing battle and conquering all the mighty powers of the world, do you think he has the ability to be nice to people? Do you think he has the ability to worry about the minor 
or the major concerns of Rachmanus and Chesed that he's supposed to be doing, he's on the warpath. He's single-mindedly focused on destruction. You can't do both at the same time. You can't. The average king would not be able to do what the Rebbein Shalom does. That he's able to multitask, to be able to have Rachamim and Din, to Vishas, that he's Isaac and Nochama, to at the same time show Rachmanus on people, Something very, very fascinatingly unique about the Rebbein Shalom that doesn't apply to Malchai Adama, says Rashi. It's Mamishli, the Zayar, as you said, I think. I once heard from Rabshon Zaman Arabach, in, in Shir and Kaltaya, we were learning Makis, I remember. I don't know exactly how he got to this, but he started discussing Apshat and Zmirus, which I was very happy about. And um, he says like this. He says on the on the zemer of Meshayich Chastachal Yaidecha, the zemer of Kol Makadish. You have something to say Friday night for the rest of your life. Kol Makadish Shavi. We say like this. Meshayich Chastachal Yaidecha. Kel Kanai V'Noikim. We're asking the Rebbeinu Shalom to extend his Chesed. To extend his mercy, liyadecha to those that know you, to those that adore you, to those who love you, to call Yisrael. Kel kanai v'noikin. Oh, you vengeful God. That's who we're asking, meaning we're, we have a choice of titles. You could fill in the blank. What title? The Rebbein Shalom has a lot of descriptions. There's a whole Yud Gimomides to choose from. And we're asking the Rebbein Shalom, give us chesed. And we choose, what title do we choose? Does the Balzemer choose to, to, to plead to the Rebbein Shalom to give us chesed? He should say, Kel Racham Mechanun. I don't know if that would rhyme as well in the Zemmer. I didn't take it that far. But that's what Shalom is on question. What, what are you asking the Rebbein Shalom to extend mercy to you? And then you say, Kel Tanevinoikem, you vengeful God. Is that enough? So it's not so nice to, to bring up. I mean, it's a, it's a good midah by the Rebbeinu Shalom, but it's not necessarily something that, you know, when you're asking for Achmanus, you say, you know, if you go before a Melech Basavadam, you wouldn't necessarily say, you know, oh, king, please, you know, give me a parnasa, you vengeful king. But yet with the Rebbeinu Shalom, we say, give us chesed, you mighty, vengeful king. So, Rabbi Shalom says, based on the Rashi and B'Shalach that we just said, that Hashem Ishnocham Hashem Shemai, there's a unique praise of the Rabbi Shalom, that he's able to have Rachamim and Din B'chadosh Aita, B'chadosh Zimna, as Isaiah says, in one moment, Rachamim and Din simultaneously. And so that's a Shabbach of the Rabbi Shalom, that he's able to have both at the same time, at the same time that he's, that he's doing Din, He's also doing Rachamim. And so what we're saying in the, in the Zemer is, it's an extra Isab, it's like a bonus, a bonus praise of the Rabbi Nishayim. Give us chesed, please. And not only that, but Kalkane v'naike, meaning we're acknowledging your ability, even when you're Kalkane v'naike, even when you are naike v'naike me'ayvecha, when you have the ability to be vengeful against your enemies and you're, you're putting them down and you're destroying them, even then, we know that we could come to you and ask you to give us chesed because you're able to have rachem and din at the same time.
And that's the aside of that zamer. Now I was wondering, based on all that we've said until now, is there anything that we could learn from this in a gay our own our own hanhaga in life? We know that there is a chiyav alachta bedrachav. We're supposed to follow in the Rebbeinu Shalom's footsteps. Kaviyachol. We're supposed to imitate the Rebbeinu Shalom. Mahu rachom apato rachom. Mahu chanun apato chanun. So we're supposed to try to emulate the Rebbeinu Shalom's midas. Is there any way, perhaps, that we are able to multitask also? Bezer amkin. Obviously, you know, we can't do it as the Rebbeinu Shalom does it. But is there ever a time? that we are also able to do both. And I believe the answer is yes, but not in exactly the same way as the Rabbi Shalom does it. And let me explain. I don't like to get into philosophical discussions about the Rabbi Shalom and his mahus because these are things that, first of all, I'm not at all qualified. I don't know if anyone in the star is qualified to discuss these matters, but so with that as a with that as a uh, as a uh, you know as a hakdama to what I'm about to say, I just want to say things that are already spoken about by the Gdala Achreinim, and so I think it's harmless. What we're about to say, I believe, is true, and it's harmless, and we're not going into anything that is too deep, and we don't at all mean to get. Too overly philosophical about the Mahusler Rabbanishlam. It's not our place. But if you would be able to describe the Rabbanishlam in terms that we can relate to, the Rabbanishlam is really din. The Rabbanishlam represents pure justice. There is nothing about the Rabbanishlam really in the, in, in the, in the most, in the default position the default of the Rabbi Nishayim is not one of Rachamim. Contrary to public belief that the Rabbi Nishayim is naturally Rachamim and Chesed, and the Rambam says that it's not true. The Rambam says in Yisaidi Atayra, he says that all of these are human, human emotions and human feelings, these, these feelings of compassion, Rachmanus, and of happiness and sadness. All of these things are things that we cannot attribute to the Rabbi Nishayim. It's not Shayim. These are human things. The Rabbi Shalom, it's true, we say in Yudgim Omidis, he's a Racham, he's a Chanun, Hashem Hashem, Tarachem Mechane, Rachapayim, Rachasemes. But these are, these are Midas that the Rabbi Shalom uses in life because he understands what he's dealing with in terms of his interaction with human beings. Like the Rashi at the beginning of Sefer Bereshit says that originally the Rabbi Shalom really wanted to create the world, the Midas Hadin. That's why all of the, it doesn't say Hashem until much later in the parasha, but it's all Bereshis bar Elikim, Elikim is Din. The Rabbi Nishram naturally wants to be a Din, and he wants the world in a perfect way to be Din. That you do an Avera, you die, and you do a Mitzvah, and you get Schar. And the Schar Vayinich is not with, there's no curving. You know, you go to a, how do we judge a good professor, good teacher, if he curves the test. Curving a test is, that's pure, that's pure, the Lufnimashur is Adin, it's pure Racham, it's pure Chesed. The Rabbi Shalom doesn't mark tests with a curve. He's Mamish Tin. Whatever you get, whatever you deserve, that's what you get. That's the way the Rabbi Shalom really is in a default position. The Rabbi Shalom is Din. 
He saw, Rashi says there, that the world cannot exist. We're not perfect. We're not like the Rabbi Yisrael. We're not able to operate, or at least most of us are not able to operate in a din, in a din position because it's impossible. We all, we all have moments of weakness. We can't live with a world of perfection. It's not shy. It's not a human, a human understanding. It's not a human possibility. But the Rabbi Shalom naturally is din. Sometimes, or very often, he uses rachamim. But the rachamim is not really what he wants or what he is. He's really din. When he uses rachamim, it's only in order to be able to facilitate his Ritzayne Bailam. This is a bar from the Briskarov. The Briskarov says, the shame Chaim. His father Chaim says, used to say like this, we say in, we say in Din, we say in on Rosh Hashanah, Lefayel Rachamov Badin. What does that mean? That the Rabbi Shalom is Poyel Rachamov Badin. He has a Pu'ula of Rachamin Bidin. What does that mean? Possibly mean in Rosh Hashanah that he's, if I was touching it up, I'd say that he acts with Rachamim even in his din. But the word payel implies like a mechanical pu'ula. It's something that we don't do. It's not done naturally. It's something that I have to go out of my way and do, but it's not my natural nitiyah. My natural intuition is don't do it. But I'm payel racham of adin, says Reb Chaim. The Rebbein in order to extend Rachamim to the Bria, he has to be pilot. He has to go out of his box, Kaviyacho, and say, all right, I, I know that I want din, and I know that it's a Shas din, but I'm going to be mechanical. I'm going to do a pu'ula to extend Rachamim. It's not natural, but I'll do it for them because I see that they need it. It's for fire Rachamim because of the Rambam, the Rambam which says that the Rabbi isn't really Shayach to Rachamim. That's a human concept. I'll be passionate, I'll have pity, I'll be, I'll be compassionate, I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be kind, sweet. All these things are things that the Rabbi Shalom has, but it's not natural to him. Natural is din. And he's able to extend his rachamin, but it's a pu'ula, it's something that's, that's a, that's something that's not, not exactly what he could do or what he does by default. By default it's din. After the default, if he wants to, he can be Paya Racham of Adin. That's a very, very well-known Yisait from Reb Chaim. So what comes out of this is that the Rabbi Shalom is really naturally Din, and sometimes he's able to do Rachamim. And he's able to not only do Rachamim, but he's able to do Racham of Adin, like we're saying the whole day today, that the pshat is that the Rabbi Shalom is able to, even when he's destroying Sadaim, his Isaac and Din, he's able to extend himself to do Rachamim, even though his natural natiya is to do Din. Now, human beings are the exact opposite. A human being is somebody who is really built with chesed. We're built with compassion. We're built not din. We're not, we're not din oriented people. We know that we can't establish a world with din. If you're married, let's say, and you want everything exactly so, 
It's not going to happen. You can't expect that. You have to understand that you have to have compassion. You have to understand that people make mistakes and people are not perfect and that no one is perfect and we're not perfect. So our natural, the way a human being is wired is not within. It's really with Rachamim. There's a Medrash in Bereshit's Rabbah that says that when, it's a famous Medrash, that when Adam was created, there was a very big debate in Shamayim, should he be created or should he not be created? And the Russian of the Medrash is, is in Bereshit's Rabbah Parachas, Chesed, Oimer, Yivra. Chesed comes and says to Rabbanisham, the Midah of Chesed, says to Rabbanisham, create him. Why? Because the Mohusai, it's great. A human being is Gaimel Chesed. I like that, says Chesed. Create him. Go for it. MS comes along and says, no, 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 no. You can't create him because he's Kulash Karim. He's full of lies. This Adam. What is he? He's a liar. He's not, it's not justice. Emes is just. Emes is everything has to be truthful to the Chutasaira. There's no room for error. There's no room for any, any curve. There's no room for any, any shtick. It's what, what it is is what it is. That's what MS is. And so MS is very vehement and says, do not create him because he's Sheker. Then Seder comes. Righteousness comes and says, create him Shekulite Sadakis. He's a righteous being. So we see already from the very inception of Adam how there is this Nitiyah and Adam towards being a chesed, towards being about tzedakah, but not being emes. Din is not something that we naturally have. Perfection is not what we, what we specialize in. We specialize in chesed and, and being kind and being passionate and compassionate. That's what we, that's what a human being is, the Mahusai. And especially Klal Yisrael, we're known as being Rachmanim b'nei Rachmanim. The midas of a, of, of a yid is that he is a rachamim, baishonim, gaim That's what a yid is. A yid is somebody who is so full of compassion, so kind, so good, so special to others. That's what a yid really is. We're naturally balei chesed. And so what we do, we are kayal din barachamim. When we do have to act with justice, it's not a natural thing. It's really an unnatural thing. It's something that we are payo. We are payo of the din. When we have to act cruelly or, or for some reason take a very serious, strict stance on something, we're not doing that naturally. That's not what we naturally are. What we naturally are is rachamim. And we extend our ability to be rachamim. We, we do a mechanical bu'ula, and that's called din. That's called mishpat. And you find that right away in that passage that I told you about Kiyadativ, when in the middle of this bracha that Avram Avinu gets in the Rabbi Yisrael, he says, the Shamro Derech Hashem, Lasais Siddhaka Mishpat. That Avram Avinu is somebody who does himself and who teaches others to do Siddhaka. Siddhaka is the Tzidkos. That's the kind-hearted nature. That's the Chesed Avram. U Mishpat. Sometimes he has to act with justice, but that's something that's secondary to him. That's not something that's natural. He'll do it. If I want him to do something that's, that's dim, he'll do it for me. But it's something that comes a little bit unnatural to him because he's, he's purely about chesed. To the core, a human being, but a yid, an Avram Avinu, a Bnei Avram Avinu, that is what a, a human being 
is, and that's what Avraham Avinu was, and that's what Klai Yisrael is. We are people that are Be'etzem Rachamim and Chesed. And when we have to do a Pu'ula for the Rabbeinu Shalom of Din, we'll do it. But it's not natural. And I believe we see this Mamish so clearly and so beautifully from the end of the parsha. I think it's everybody's favorite parsha in the Torah is the parsha Sahakedah. It's such a beautiful parsha. It's so full of of drama and beauty and Yerushalayim. And in the parsha, it says there that Avram Avinu Bishas at the pinnacle of the of the Akedah, Vayishlach Avram Es Yadai. Avram Avinu sends his hand. Vayikach Es Hamacheles Lishchid Es Benai. And he takes the machelas, he takes the knife to shech his son. What a funny washer that the Pasuk uses. Vayishlach Avram es yada, you send your hand. What's the word? It should say, Vayikach Avram es hamachelas biyadai. What does it mean? Vayishlach Avram es yada, Avram Avinu sent his hand, feel like his hand is like a shliach. His hand is something that's separate from him, it's like, it's not attached to him. Normally you understand the Lashon of Yishrach to mean, you know, you send like a shliach to do so. It's not me, but I'm sending you to do something for me. Vayishrach Avram es Yadai means that he sent out his hand, but it wasn't, it wasn't like his hand. You know what the Pshad in this, I believe, is? It's mamish like the Reb Chaim's word on the, on, on the Fayo Rachma Badin. It's a pu'ula. Just like the Rebbe Nisham sends his Rachamim as a pu'ula, even though he really wants to do din, Avram Avinu is the exact opposite. Avram Avinu is about chesed to the core. He has to do a maisa vachzarius. It's a maisa retzach. It's a maisa of killing your son. It's for the Rebbe so I'll do it, but it's mamish din. It's something that I can't do. I'm not able to do it. I'm naturally about chesed. How am I going to do this? Vayishlach Avram es he was Payel Din Berachamim. He was able to combine both at once. He was Be'etzim about Din. He was Be'etzim about Rachamim rather. But he did the action of uh, Baldin. He did Din in order to be a kind of the of the Rabbi But it wasn't natural. It was something that he had to be Payel. He had to be Vayishlach Yadai. I don't want to do this, but I'm sending my hand to do it. I have to actually, it wasn't a natural thing that I could do. I have to send out my hand and do a pu'ula, do something mechanical, ke'ilu like it's not me. Because it wasn't him, but he did it. Because this is what the Rebbein Shalom wants. And this, I believe, is the aside that we could take into reality. From the Rebbein Shalom, who's able to combine both Rachamim and Din at the same time. Even Bishavit, he's Isaac and Nochama, he's able to be about Chesed. What does that mean? It means that because Be'etzem he is about Muhammad, Be'etzem he is uh, his Din, Be'etzem he is Mishpat. But the Rabbi Yisrael knows that he needs to do Chesed as well in the world, so he'll do that and he'll combine the Chesed with Din. We could do the same thing but the opposite. We're Be'etzem Chesed. We are Be'etzem Balei Chasadim. But for the Rabbeinu Shalom, we could do both. We could simultaneously be about Chesed, but also take the Raimach B'yadai, take the ability to do Din when the Rabbeinu Shalom needs it. 
but that doesn't change who we are. We're be'etzim rachamim, but we're able to combine, just like the Rabbeinu Shalom is able to combine rachamim and din, we too are able to combine rachamim and din at the same time. We could be about rachamim, but at the same time, sometimes when we have to, we have to use din. And let me explain. The G'dayli Yisrael are all tzaddikim. They're all Kedoshim and Tahirim. If we have, a, if Klai Yisrael accepts somebody as an Adam Gadol, you know, it's not a democracy. Klai Yisrael is not a democracy, but Klai Yisrael has the ability to smell who a Gadol is and who a Gadol is not. And those G'dayim, they rise to the surface, they rise to the, the top, as the cream always does. And Klai Yisrael has the way to detect who the G'dayim are. Achman al-Islam, this week alone we lost a major Adam Gadol, the Mir Rosh Hashiva, such a... So we could speak about him alone, we could take so much from him, how he was an American-born person. He was born in America, just like you and I, and he grew up through high school, lived in Chicago, and I don't think it's Lashonara, all the papers at least are saying it. If it is, then at least I'm not alone. You know, and saying that he was a, a regular, he, he went to baseball games and he ate hot, kosher hot dogs and he, and he lived like an American boy and he played basketball and he played baseball and he understood everything that we, that we do. And he was able somehow, some way, I don't know exactly when it happened or how it happened and I'm sure the papers go into detail about all of these things. I didn't have a chance to read them yet. But somehow he became a Rosh Hashiva to thousands and tens of thousands of Bnei Teirah and Avrechim and Chashavar Abonim throughout the world. The mere yeshiva that he is Rosh Hashivah is the greatest, it's the largest yeshiva in the world and it's perhaps one of the greatest if not the greatest in the sense that you go there and whoever ever walked into the building understands that it's a building which is Kulay Teirah in every crack, in every crevice under the staircase and on top of the staircase and in, on the porch and in the basement and on the ceiling wherever, wherever you could fit a shtender there's a shtender and there's several of these Bati Midrashim throughout Yerushalayim and in other places throughout Eretz Yisrael how did a man become this great and that's not the whole story that's not even part of the story the greatest thing about him was the Nisayan that he had in terms of his health, everybody knows that he had Parkinson's and he suffered terribly. Just to watch him was painful. If you ever heard him give a, a schmooze or a, or a shear, just for him to turn a page with his Parkinson's, which he didn't want to even take medication for because he didn't want to forget any Tyra that might be forgotten as a result of the strong medication. He chose to live with this illness, but he was still able to be miskaper over all of the challenges and be a Rosh Hashiva par excellence, raise millions of dollars a year for the annual budget of the yeshiva. How he did it is, it's a power. His whole life is a power. It's, it's, it's something that we, you know, we would, we could, we could only strive to strive to understand. But gedalim are gedalim, and sometimes gedalim they tend to be kanoistic. Many of the G'dayim throughout Klai Yisrael's history, but let's take more recent history. The Kanaim of Klai Yisrael, if you go to the average person on the street, 
and ask them what they what their, what they feel about a certain gadol who is a kanoi. Right, right, ah, he's a radical. You know, he, he hates Jews, and he has no, uh, he has no compassion. Let's take the Satmar Rav Zechitzadik Levracha. The Satmar Rebbe was what Rabbi Yael Teitelbaum was a gain awesome in learning. He was mamasham malach Hashem but he took a very strong stance against Medina Sisol. It's not, it's no secret. He didn't acknowledge that it existed, and he felt that whoever, without going into all the politics, but he was very, he was the strongest personality perhaps in history of the last hundred years in terms of Eretz Yisrael. In terms, not Eretz Yisrael itself, in terms of the, the state of Israel, and the government, and all of the, the Zionistic, you know, um, philosophy. He was anti, rapidly anti. So you'd think that, you know, he was a person who was Kuleidin. You'd think, oh, this is a person, he's a mean person, he's probably a very mean, mean-hearted person, and that's why, you know, he was angry, he's probably angry at his wife and at his kids also, and you know, and, and so one of the things he was angry about was, was, was the Medina. Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story about the Satma Rebbe. In Eretz Yisrael, they used to write terrible articles about him, and you know, in all of the secular papers, maybe some of the other papers, you know, against the Satma Rebbe, how he was so anti-us, and how he, you know, and how terrible things that they said about him. And there was one journalist in particular that was very, very biting in his critique of, of the Satma Rebbe. And this person, this journalist, who was a famous journalist, and famous for writing about the Satma Rebbe in this way, he had to come to America because his wife was very sick and she needed treatments. And so the money was running out. He needed a lot of money. He didn't have insurance. And he needed, you know, when you don't have insurance, and your wife needs or you need some, you know, some major medical treatment, you know, every shot in a hospital, if you're not covered, is like a few hundred dollars. Every day in a hospital could be, you know, $20,000 a day without insurance. Who knows what they're milking, you know, the insurance companies for in the hospital. Every single treatment, every single time that the doctor takes a pen in, in hand, it's, you know, he bills it. And so this person was mamish desperate. His wife is here in the hospital dying, and they can't afford the medical bills, and they didn't know what to do. They, had, they were not wealthy at all. And so the person that he was staying by suggested that the only address that I could be meyayitzu to go to is the Satmarebbe. Satmarebbe was, you know, he, he had a huge chasidus, and they gave him a lot of money to distribute to tzedakah, like kvitloch, or whatever, whatever they were, whatever means the rebbe's have to get money, but he had a lot of money, and he was very generous, he was the most compassionate yid in the world. Go to the Satmarebbe, the Satmarebbe is the last and first address that you're going to be able to get the money that you need. So he says, I can't go to the Satmarev. Are you crazy? He says, the Satmarev, first of all, they'll take me by my collar and throw me out the, the window after all the, all, all the vitriolic words that I used against the Rebbe. He said, but, you know, less prayer. What are you going to do? There's no choice. So you, want, you, you want your wife to die because you're not willing to go into the Rebbe? So he goes into the Rebbe after, like, hemming and hawing and dragging his feet. And he stands before the Rebbe the Rebbe says, Shalom Aleichem, how are you? Very sweet to him, very nice, Kedarkai. He says, what's your name? So he was like, so embarrassed to say his name because he knew that, you know, that would be it. Anyway, he says his name and he sees that the Samar Rebbe like smiles a little bit, he acknowledges that he knows who he is and he says, oh, that's it, that's, I'm finished. He says, what can I do for you? 
So he's talking about his wife and the medical bills. So the Sam Rebbe says, but that's not it. You probably also, you know, have a lot of other expenses. Here, just here, just to hire a driver, and you probably, and to make Shabbos, and to pay for the regular expenses that you'll need for, you know, clothing and, 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 and room and board and all of these. That's also, you need that also. He says, yeah, it's true, but I, I didn't want to ask that much of the Rebbe. I know as it is, I, I feel embarrassed. He says, no, no, no. He says, he gave him, he told the Shamas to write him out a, a huge check. A huge check that would cover all of the expenses. And he said to him, I hope that your wife has a refuah shlema. Before you go back to Israel, I want to see you again. Come back. And he says, okay, and he couldn't believe what happened. He couldn't believe the chesed of, this, of the Samar Rebbe. And then his wife, Baruch Hashem, she had a refuah shlema. And he comes back to the Rebbe, he says, now is when he's going to lace into me. You know, before I was like, I was pitiful. Now maybe he's going to, now that I'm a human being again, now he's going to really attack. And he comes and he says, how's your wife feeling? He says, I was thinking, you know, in in Eretz Yisrael, where you're from. He says, your family has been struggling there all these, all these months. Perhaps it was a year, you know, while you were here and you weren't working, you know, you probably are mounting when you get home. There's going to be tons of bills, the electric company and the and the rent and the mortgage and the you know and and the car payments and everything. And your kids' tuition. You weren't working all these years. He says, take this, and he takes a, an envelope from the Satmareba and it's ten thousand dollars cash in it. And he says, I want you to know that I, I love you and I care for you and I want everything to be good for you. And he goes out and he never was able. To forget this, the, the tzidkos of the Tzatmar Rebbe, the, the utter tzidkos of being able to be such the biggest Baal in the world. And he was a Kanoi. How do you, how are you able to make these two concepts shim? And the Teretz is that we human beings are able to be like the Rebbein Shalom, but just in a mirror image. We're able to be Payal Din Barachamim. The Tzatmar Rebbe Held, and not all Gedalim, by the way, were on the same page, obviously. There are many Gedalim that felt that even Venus Israel was a very good thing or was something that we could tolerate, we could work with, it might be a useful tool, but the Samarab was a Chad in terms of his real to keep us against the, but that does not mean that he, he was a bad person, but he was the biggest Balchesin in the world. The Kanaz, the din that he had was a Pu'ula in din. It was something that he employed. He employed Din, he employed the Kanaz to do the Ratzon Hashem. He felt that this is what the Rabbani Shalom wants. In his mind, he was certain that the Rabbani Shalom does not get Nachas from what was going on there to Israel, for whatever reason. And so he employed it, but it wasn't who he was. You see from the Misa, he was a Tzadik Yisrael Eiram. He was pure Chesed with even people that were his detractors. Allah has come to come his Chesedim. But when he did a Pu'ula, of Kanaz, who was just a Pulua, was just something that he was Isaac in. Just because that was the Ruts and Hashem, but it wasn't who he was, Be'etzim. Be'etzim, he was Chesed. Rav Shach. People think Rav Shach. He asked the average man, what, what do you think about Rav Shach? Rav Shach, ah, you know, he was terrible. He was such a you know, rabid, anti-bad. You know, like, right away, people are, get extremely, like, you know, you either love Rav Shach or the opposite. But if we would know a little bit about the Rachmanus of Shach, about the Tzitkus of Shach, books have been written, fat books like this, multi-volume books, just on nothing else but the Tzedek, the Tzitkus of Shach, 
the chesed, the compassion that he had to every yid. It didn't matter whether you were a dati, whether you were a charedi, whether you were a chiloni, it doesn't matter. A yid was a yid to Rav Shach. Yes, he had issues with certain things that was taking place in Klai Yisrael. He was the man of Adar, he was allowed to, and he was supposed to. But those were things that he did as a pu'ula. Who he was, the exim was about chesed. He was full of love for every yid. There's a famous story in the late 1980s. There was a helicopter that crashed near Israel with four chayalim on board. And they told us to Rav Shach. And Rav Shach didn't ask, well, were they from? Were they not from? Were they all Jewish? Or were, you know, were they Druze? Were they? He, started, he broke down and started crying, crying, crying. Said, Yidin were killed. Yidin died. Soldiers, soldiers of Eretz Yisrael. I thought Rav Shach didn't like Eretz. I thought he didn't like the whole government, the soldiers. He loved them. He loved every Yid. Belevu benefesh. He was pure Rachamim. He was pure Chesed, but he was Payel. Din Barachim. And when he had to do something, it was not what naturally, oh, he's angry. It was a pu'ula. It was something that he had to do. He felt that it was important to make a gather for Kal Yisrael. This is what I must do. I have to do this. Do I want to do it? No. Would I rather just do, be nice to everybody? Of course. But this is something that I have to go out of my way to do because this is what the Ratzon Hashem is. The L.A. Shore speaks about this. He brings down a gra. The gra says in, in Evan Shlema, speaks about the way the Gemara and Shabbos says that a Tamachacham is somebody that knows how to be Mahapech. He, has to, he knows how to turn his jacket inside out, whatever the Pashas and the Gemara means. But the way the Gra interprets it is that Midas is really your beggar. When we speak about a chaluk, when we speak about a coat or a jacket or a, a shirt in the Torah, it really means Midas because the Midas are the external way that we make an appearance to people in terms of our character. And the Tamachacham is able to mahapech his chaluk. I'm able to go from rachamim to din, from din to rachamim. He says that tamachacham, his lashon is that tamachacham is the mahusai. He's soft like butter. Rach kechema. He's the softest, mushiest, sweetest person in the world. You look at all the tzaddikim. You look at all the gainim. They were such nice, fine people. You cannot get, if you read any of these biographies, what comes through is how sweet they were. How normal they were, how how just perfect they were. Remember Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's biography by Artsville, there's a memorable line. It says that it says that he was perfect. He was perfect, his meters were perfect, his tire was perfect, everything was per- perfect. It says the only imperfection that he had was that he was perfect. A human being is not normally that perfect. His perfection was his was his imperfection. That's, Gedalim are perfect. Gedalim, I'm not saying that they're infallible, that's not the point. Not a discussion right now. The point is that Gedalim, in terms of their Midas, their Midas are Chesed and, and Rachamim and, and Ratzim and their Erech and they're full of love. When they have to act as something that we have to know about Ashtafa, it's so important when we read about Gedalim and the, the Briska Rav was a Kanoi, Rav Aaron Kotler was a Kanoi, Rav Shach was a Kanoi, the Chazinish was a Kanoi. Oh! Kanan, terrible people. That's not a Torah perspective on it. 
That's a different perspective. That's a very that's a layman's perspective on 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 Gedali Yisrael. So we could judge them by how sweet out of Shlomizaman. He was more moderate, so we like him. We don't like this, but we like him. We pick our Gedalim based on the politics. The politics are not who they are. They are be'etzem oral bali chesed and rachamim. When they need to take a stand for the leman Hashem, leman ha'tayra, leman kral Yisrael, they'll do that, but that's a po'ula of din. But they're payal din b'rachamim. How is this negeah to us, besides for the hashkafa when we're viewing Gedalim, how is it negeah us in our daily life? I believe we can also apply it to our daily life as follows. <coughs> the Yachas Sadikim at the end of Perak Shar Yud Beis, which is Shara Kas, says like this: Umisha writes lahatul ema abonav If a person once in a while you have a child and the child is misbehaving, it happens often. Unfortunately, every you know you sit down by a Shabbos table and you expected your Shabbos table to look perfect and your wife worked hard cooking and the table is set beautifully and the silver is gleaming and you wanted to sing Shalom Aleichem and you wanted to all your kids to look like angelic and be sitting in their seat the whole time from beginning to end and lo and behold one of them is acting up and you get angry you don't want that so but you know, to let it go when the kid is carrying on, making a big stink and making a big shrine and, 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 and ruining the whole Shabbos in the family, you don't want to do that. Start screaming at the kid and lacing into him, don't want to do that either. So what do you do? So you try to you try to resolve it in a delicate way, but sometimes we know that doesn't work. And so the Archasadikim says if you have to do it, you have to show anger. Or if you're a Parnas al let's say you're a Rav, let's say you're a Rosh Hashiva, or you're a communal leader, and you have to show the people, you know, the people are talking in Shul, you're the Rav, and they're talking in Shul by davening. If you look the other way, you know, you'll be like a lot of rabbis out there, and, you know, and, and the, the, just the schmoozing will continue, and they'll never stop talking. And so once in a while, you have to make a macha, you have to slam down on the, on the bima and say, enough, Rabbi, say, stop talking, it's a Shul. So you have to be angry once in a while. You have to show that you're not happy. You have to put on a face in order to give them the muster that they need. Whether it's your children, whether it's your community, whether it's your friends. But internally, no anger. You're not supposed to when you yell at people, when you're angry at people, when you're doing a mice of kanas. You're not supposed to inside be raging. First of all, it's very dangerous. If you're, if you're really, you know, if you're lacing into somebody when you're really fully angry and engaged, that's, that's not a good thing in, in so many ways. But just the derech being moishel over your kas. A person has to know that I am not allowed to be angry with somebody unless I am I am cool and calm and collected inside. Internally, I'm good. And it's just an appearance. It's just a public facade of anger. It has to look like chaos, but it's not real chaos. When you're yelling at your children, stop it. Cut it out. If you're saying it out of 
you know, a real anger, that's not good. That's not what we are. We're supposed to be people of Rachamim. We're supposed to have compassion and love. One time I remember I really got upset at one of my kids and I screamed at him. I don't know if I did more than that, but I, I definitely screamed at him. And I remember that after, after uh, you know, when, when things calmed down and the situation blew over, I remember he came to me and he said, Tati, he says, remember yesterday, two days ago, you were screaming at me? He says, when you were screaming at me, did you hate me or did you love me? A child understands that when you're angry at them, then, you know, something's different. It seems like there's a shift. I thought he loves me, now he hates me. That's why it's so frightening when a parent gets angry at a child or when a husband gets angry at a wife or vice versa or a, a Rebbe gets angry at a Talmud because I thought he loved me, now I see it's different. And I told him, of course, I loved you even more. It wasn't me taich tas, it wasn't me taich chema, it wasn't me taich... I loved you, but I felt that this is something that you needed to hear at that time. That's how the Archa Sadiqim says a person has to control his caste. When we do anything like that, any mice of caste, of chema, of kanas, whatever we feel that we have to do and go and, and do take a, take a fighting stance about something. It's important in life once in a while to be a gavra and to confront an issue head on and we have a roommate that we don't get along with, and we have to really confront him because things we see is not going well, and we're angry about things, that don't blow your top. You should be in control. You should be fully engaged in rachim at all times. Aye, but I have to do din. Do your din. But the din has to be one, which is a pu'ula. I'm doing the din, but it's only, it's a manifestation of musr. It's just a hechatimsa for me to be able to convey what I want to the makabo, but it's not like I am me. It's not about me, and it's not internal, and it's not something that I really feel to my bone, you know, that I, I love you. The teichacha has to be done. That's the mitzvah of teichacha. That's why we don't really have the mitzvah anymore of teichacha, because we don't know how to do this. We're either angry or we love somebody. To say that I really love you, but I'm doing this for your own good it really doesn't work so much anymore. People aren't makabla teichacha and can't give the teichacha in that way. But that's the way it's supposed to be. In a perfect world, we have to be like the Rebbeinah and We have to combine both. Our natural instinct should be chesed. We're always through and through chesed. Love, tzedek. Laset tzedakah, but occasionally omishpat. Sometimes Avram Avinu, by the Akedah, he had to do, even though he was full of tzedakah, he had to do a ma'isa of mishpat. But Yishlach Avram, he sent out his hand, but it wasn't natural, it was something that he had to do as a pu'ula. That's what we are mechoy do. Always chesed, through and through chesed. We have to be completely worked through that we don't have a shred of anger, a shred of caste, a shred of kinah in us. When we do these ma'isas, and sometimes we have to, we have to try to keep ourselves in full control of our chesed, our rachamim, and understand at all times that when we are multitasking, it's not that we are really engaged in din, we can't be. We're doing it as a pu'ula, but really not to lose sight of who we are, how we're built, how the Rabbi Hashem designed us, and that we are b'nei Avram Avinu, we are maminim b'nei maminim, and we are rachmanim b'nei rachmanim. And so, Mirza Hashem, this should serve us well when we look at our gedolim, 
some of them being Hanoim, to look at them and understand that they were really Chesed. And when we look at ourselves in the mirror, understand that we are also Chesed. And that when we have to take a stance, when we have to fight the good fight, it should only be an external manifestation of what we need to do, but it should never eat away at our core and change who we are. Have a good chance.